and good afternoon. It is Friday. It is time for our regular lunch and learn, and I'm so happy to be with you. Now, we are in the throes of the holiday season. We had Thanksgiving last week, and we've got Christmas and New Year and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. We've got, we've got all the holidays coming up, and so at that time, people can be very depressed. People can be uh, very anxious. Uh, maybe you're seeing, you know, Aunt Gertie, who nobody really understands what she's doing, and so that puts pressure. Maybe everybody expects big gifts, and that puts pressure. You know, who knows? Maybe you have to cook your turkey, and you're not good at, tur at turkey cooking, and so that's an issue. And so this is the time where anxiety and uh, depression can be on the rise. And so there are some natural things that we can do to help. There are some scientific studies that I want to go over with you and to help you with that. And also just to tell you that a certain amount of anxiety, a certain amount of depression is normal. We all deal with it. We all deal with disappointment. We all deal with the what ifs in life. We all deal with that. However, if it starts to make our life crazy, if it starts to interfere with the way that we're able to, you know, do what we need to do, then that's something that we need to um, to deal with. Now, I will just tell you, there was a time, we've got this huge bridge in our area over the Houston Ship, ship Channel, and it is a massive bridge. They did a new one, and it's higher and all that kind of stuff. And I will just tell you, years and years ago, when it was time for me to go over that bridge for the first time, my heart started pitter-pattering, and I was like, holding onto the steering wheel so tight and all that kind of stuff, and it was a big deal. And it could have just destroyed my life because I have family that live on the other side of that bridge. However, you know, I kind of understood what was going on, practiced some things that I needed to, to deal with, right? And I'm able to go over that bridge today with no problem. It's just as high as it ever was, but I've been able to manage the stress and the anxiety. So stress and anxiety is something that all of us deal with. What happens when it over uh, overtakes us, it incapacitates us, then we've got some problems here. So anxiety affects 30% of the adults at some point in their life. I think the statistics are 300 million people worldwide suffer anxiety and depression. That's a lot of people. Okay, when we see here in the clinic, people come in and they've got anxiety issues, they've got depression issues, and I always ask them, well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like rapid heartbeat, or it looks like racing thoughts, or it looks like I can't sleep, or it looks like I'm just sitting there crying all the time. And we all have had those situations from time to time. But when it is all the time, every day, for longer, I think it is, than six months, then the, you will get a diagnosis, maybe general anxiety disorder or something like that. And so there are things that we can do. If we have, uh, according to the uh, American uh, Psychiatric Association, anxious or intrusive thoughts that keep us away or interfere with our productivity or enjoyment of tasks or drive us to avoid situations out of worry are anxiety disorders, all right? According to data from the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluations, 2019 Global Burden of Disease study showed that 300 million people suffer from anxiety disorder. So I did tell you that. So that is part of the uh, statistics here. 
However, there are healing herbs. You know, we are holistic. We like to do herbs. We don't like to do uh, drugs unless we have to. And thank God we have medicine if we need to resort to that. I would try, I personally, for me, I would personally try all the natural things before I would go to a pharmaceutical. That's just my preference. That's what I believe in. That That's my worldview. You know, God created my body. God created natural stuff. My body is not sick. My body is not having anxiety, depression, or whatever because I am in lack of a pharmaceutical. My body is doing those things because I am in lack of a nutritional supplement or something that is natural that's keeping my body from not working the way it's supposed to. So, the Center for Disease Control estimates that the number of Americans afflicted with anxiety range widely based on the definition and the, the uh, anxiety duration. However, they estimate that one in five of us are affected by anxiety and depression. So, really, when you look around a room, I mean, I'm the only one in my room today because guess what? I'm just here because I'm talking to you. In my office today, we have had five people in our office, and I could not tell you which one of them suffered from anxiety. But the statistics are every one in five persons has an anxiety disorder, okay? Statistically, women are more likely to experience anxiety disorders to men. Anxiety disorders are further characterized as specific phobias, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, generalized anxiety disorder, separation anxiety, all right? Uh, specific phobias are the most common type of anxiety disorder followed by social anxiety. So we don't need to be socially anxious, all right? So anxiety is different from fear. Fear is a natural response when you feel threatened, all right? And normally when the threat goes away, your anxiety goes down or your fear goes down. Anxiety is when you have that same physical manifestation, but there's no reason for it. Nobody's coming at you with a knife. There's no saber-toothed tiger chasing you around the room. It is something that you, you don't understand, but there's some kind of trauma inside that is causing that trigger to happen. And so you have that anxiety for, for almost no reason, okay? So a person diagnosed with an anxiety disorder has anxious feelings with little to no provocation every day for six months. The anxiety negatively affects one's home life, social life, and work life. A person with an anxiety disorder may have difficulty focusing, feeling restless and irritable, and sufferers may also have trouble sleeping and often feel tired. So, think about your friends who are irritable all the time. They may be suffering from depression, alright? Somebody that is suffering from insomnia all the time, they may actually be suffering with depression and anxiety. So, these are some things that we need to look for. This is an interesting one, and we are seeing this all the time. Respiratory disorders, such as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, asthma, or COPD, right, can cause feelings of anxiety. Similarly, heart disease, diabetes, thyroid disorder, and digestive issues, as well as the side effects from medication, can lead to anxiety that is very difficult to control. So, it says sufferers of anxiety would benefit from seeking personalized medical advice regarding their medical uh, conditions. So, we do know 
that if you have a thyroid disorder, you can suffer anxiety. It causes heart palpitations and different things like that, which kind of get your mind racing, get you breathing hard, that kind of thing. You don't know what's going on, and so that is what breeds anxiety. So it is the, the I don't know, right? So when I was young, and I was young, you know, 100 years ago, when I was young and I was in college, I had these headaches all the time. And, of course, I didn't know anything about holistic. I just had headaches. And I was afraid to go to the doctor because I was absolutely sure the headaches were so bad. I was absolutely sure that I had a brain tumor. I didn't have a brain tumor. I'm just telling you. In my head, that's what was going on. And so at some point, um, I did go to the doctor. I was in college. I went to the doctor. They did all the exams. And they said, you just have anxiety. You're in college. You're a freshman in college. You're just having anxiety. So they gave me a pill. The anxiety went away, and it was good. But it was the fear of the unknown, me thinking worst-case scenario, right, that was really my problem. I don't think that the medication really did anything for me. I think what did something for me was knowing you don't have a brain tumor. You've got headaches. We don't know why you have headaches. Maybe you're distressed because of college, but you don't have a brain tumor. So... Knowing what's going on goes a long way to diffusing the anxiety, and so that's what we need to know, okay? You can have grief and trauma, okay? Those of you that know me well know that I lost a husband uh, several years ago. That was very, very traumatic. There was a lot of grief associated with that. There was depression associated with that. And so that's something that I can't control. That's something that I couldn't control. However, I was able to uh, get over it, get past it, you know, move on in my life. And as the years have gone by, the grief has become less and less. Do I still miss my first husband? I do. Do I still wish things could be different? Yeah, I do. However, God is a good God, and he blessed me with a second husband who absolutely is fantastic. So, you know, I'm very, very blessed, and I love my life, and I love the spouse that I have. There are still days where grief is there, and so does it overtake my life? Does it, does it disturb my life? No. It's a feeling that comes. I acknowledge it. I move on, and I'm able to do what I need to do, but some people aren't able to do that. So if that's you, then we need to we need to get you some help. Some people are more genetically disposed to anxiety and depression. Now, they don't tell us how we know that. They're just telling us in their uh, research that they know. All right, so these other things can cause depression and anxiety. Lifestyle and environmental factors, right? So we all think... Uh, and I remember years and years ago, I was doing these health classes with nutrition and whatnot, and a, a real sweet lady raised her hand, and she said, but Dr. Polly, the FDA approved of that. And I said, yeah, they did. However, this is what it does to the body. She said, well, why would the FDA approve that? Well, because we've got good lobbyists that go and fight for the approval of certain things that we put in our body that are not great for us. And yet, because we don't know that, we look for USDA approved, FDA approved, and when we see that, we think it's okay, but uh, no, not really, all right? So, stress influences how we manage our anxiety, and stress comes to us from a myriad of sources. We talked about that a little bit earlier, financial stress, holiday stress, family stress, school stress, all that. 
There are other lifestyle factors that, can con that we can control, such as sleep hygiene. What is sleep hygiene, right? It's not just making sure your sheets are clean. Although, we want to make sure your sheets are clean, right? We want to make sure that your router is turned off at night. We want to make sure that your cell phone is turned off at night. We want to make sure that you don't have your devices in the bedroom because the blue light can, in some people, interfere with sleep. Um, I used to have an electric blanket. I love an electric blanket, right? However, it messes up my energetic flow because I'm in contact Right? I don't have a whole lot of clothes on when I'm in my nightie in my bed, right? And so that electricity from that blanket has no barrier into my body. And those electronic frequencies mess up my natural biorhythms. And so it's not really a good idea to sleep like that. Although, I will tell you, I love an electric blanket. And I know you're probably going to, if you like one and you use one, you're probably going to keep using one. And I'm okay with that. You might want to add a grounding mat to that because the grounding mat will help um, ameliorate some of the uh, negative aspects of the electric blanket, okay? Um, so sleep hygiene, activity levels, and diet pay a significant role in how we handle stress and anxiety, all right? High intake of caffeine, sugar, alcohol, and other drugs right? So recreational drugs and even pharmaceutical drugs, they can heighten the level of stress in our life and they, they uh, cause inflammation in the body and inflammation is a stress response in the body, right? So anxiety disorder is identifiable and treatable with conventional medicine, all right? The two most common courses of treatment are psychotherapy, which is talk therapy, and medication. So if you're like me, I like to keep my dirty laundry to myself, so talk therapy is not something that appeals to me, right? However, I'm not saying it's not a good thing. I have gone to counseling. I have had family counseling. I've, I've done all the stuff, right? It's not comfortable for me, but an outsider listening to how your brain is processing can really bring some... Uh, uh, identifying, oh, well, if I change the way I think, then the anxiety is going to go down. If I change the way I communicate, then the anxiety is going to come down. And so talk therapy is really good, so I'm not negating it at all. I'm just saying it's not my most comfortable uh, therapy that we have. But there's an exciting new uh, avenue of medicine, <clears throat> excuse me, that is called nutritional psychology, all right? Now, I studied psychology in college. I studied that. I wanted to be a psychiatrist. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I studied. And there was no such thing as nutritional psychology when I was in school. However, it is a new branch of psychiatry and it is exploring how nutrition reduces anxiety disorders by influencing the microbiome and inflammation in the body. In a Frontiers in Psychology article, quote, nutrition as metabolic treatment for anxiety, researchers at Harvard Medical School reviewed some of the research findings around nutritional interventions to treat people with anxiety disorders. So Harvard Medical School, this is a, this is a good name, okay? And so this is really being researched in our area and it is a new branch of science. They note that nutritional interventions should be more widely considered among clinical psychiatrists. While nutrition 
psychiatry is relatively new. It has the potential of providing low-risk, high-yield results. Now, what is one of the main problems with uh, pharmaceuticals for anxiety and depression? Well, one of the main um, drawbacks or side effects is it can, there can be a um, increase in suicidal thoughts and that kind of thing, which is exactly the wrong thing if you are already suffering from anxiety and depression. So Harvard Medical School found that herbal interventions are very, very good and there's very low uh, negative side effects on that. Nutrition regulates anxiety disorders by influencing the microbiome and inflammation. The gut microbiome and inflammation are interrelated and influence anxiety, it notes. The authors explain that nutrition can either harm or help anxiety disorders by affecting the gut microbial ecosystem, regulating inflammation and affecting other biochemical pathways. Sugar, processed vegetable oils, rich in inflammatory omega-6 fatty acids, artificial sweeteners, and gluten have a negative effect on anxiety, whereas omega-3 fatty acids, uh, turmeric, which is curcumin, vitamin D, and ketogenic diets are thought to have a therapeutic effect. Now, if you ever watch us and look at our, our lives, look at our Tuesday testimony on that kind of thing, we are always, 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 always talking about the gut-brain connection. Why is that? Because it is our lifestyle, it is our food, it is the 5G, it is all the environmental things that we are surrounding ourselves with that mess up that GI tract. So from your mouth all the way down to your bottom, you've got a tube, a mucus tube, your GI tube, that, that mucus protects things from going into other parts of your body that set up an inflammatory response. If we have a diet high in chemicals, if we have a diet high in processed food, if we have a diet high in genetically modified foods, which is everything in a box or a package, what that does is it allows yeast and fungus to grow inside that tract it eats that mucous membrane, so the tight junctions become loose junctions, tight, loose. When they're tight, food particles can't go through. When they're loose, food particles can go through. Those food particles that go through into the bloodstream, they're undigested. The body responds with inflammation because, hey, there's an intruder. There's somebody here that's not supposed to be here. Warning, warning, warning. Inflammation goes up, your white blood cells kick in, right? When that's not resolved, then inflammation gets higher and higher and higher, and then you've got all the disease processes, right? So, what we need to understand is that those uh, gut microbiome, right, that we can test, your doctor can test, everybody can test this, right? When that is functioning the way it needs to function, then you're going to have less anxiety attacks. You're going to have less depression. Okay, so that's really, really important. So it goes on to say that uh, the American Psychological Association, all right, we know who they are, provides... Uh, it says, uh, provides a per persuasive argument in a 2019 article. 
Perseverance toward life goals can fend off depression, anxiety, and panic disorders. So that's an interesting title because what are we seeing in the world today? We're seeing a lot of apathy. I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about the situation. Why bother? Just going to go on and live my life, right? So when people are apathetic, and people do get apathetic when they tell themselves that things won't change, when they tell them th themselves that they are powerless, all right? So this article, 2019, describes an 18-year-long study showing the protective factors of goal persistence. Persistence cultivates a sense of purposefulness that can create resilience against or decrease current levels of depressive disorder, general, generalized anxiety disorder, and panic disorder. Uh, Mr. Zanell, I may not be saying that right, notes from the Pennsylvania State University, and he's the lead author in this study. He says, looking on the bright side of unfortunate events has the same effect because people feel that life is meaningful and understandable and easy to manage, all right? The authors used in this study data from over 3,000 adults collected three times over 18 years from 1995 to 2013. According to the authors, and this is a quote, people who showed more goal persistence and optimism during the first assessment and in, in the mid-90s had greater reduction in depression, anxiety, and panic disorders across the 18 years. So that's really powerful. So what we want to talk about is what can you do, all right? Be purposeful, right? Have a calendar, have your goals, have a vision board. If you need a vision board, I've got a, a colleague that does great vision board planning. So if you need to reach out to me, um, put it in the comments and I'll put her information in there and, and you can get with her to do that. If I have a vision board in my office, this is what I believe, this is my worldview, these are my goals, all that kind of stuff. And so when I look at that every day, even if I don't stop and ponder it, because I know what it is, it reinforces my mental mindfulness. And so I'm going to go about my day and make sure that those goals are accomplished. Now, am I one that always suffers with anxiety, grief, and panic? No, I am not, okay? Have I had my share? Yes, I have. As I told you, the death of my husband was, was quite severe. However, in my general everyday life, I manage pretty well. That may be because nutritionally, I'm very sound, okay? And you know that we have this scanner. It's a 30-second scanner that we can look at you and see if you are nutritionally sound, okay? If you're nutritionally sound, then your gut microbiome is going to be okay, right? So, I'm purposeful, my gut microbiome is good, I'm nutritionally sound, so grief, anxiety, and panic are not a big part of my life. However, it might be part of yours, and so I want to give you some tools. So, one of the tools, we all probably know this, this is essential oil, this is lavender, okay? It is wild lavender uh, from Bulgaria, actually, okay? So lavender is, we're going to talk about three different herbs here. Lavender uh, from the genus Lavendula has been used in traditional remedies for centuries due to its unique chemical compounds and ethnobotanical properties, 
All right. There is growing evidence that supports the therapeutic and curative attributes of lavender, namely as a sedative, a mood stabilizer, neuroprotective, and anticonvulsant effects. Now, these are powerful, powerful things that people go through, and this little baby has been clinically proven to help with that. Now, do not confuse this essential oil that I have. This is a pure, unadulterated, even though the bottle is closed, I can still smell it. I mean, it's very, very powerful. Don't confuse this with what you're going to get at your big box stores, because I'm just telling you it's not the same. Okay, we have had people, lots of people, who write to me, send me emails. Dr. Polly, I'm using this essential oil and it makes my husband sick. Well, if it makes your husband sick, and we're just talking about diffusing it. We're not talking about internal or on the body or anything like that. If it is made with synthetics that just smell like, but are not like, then yes, your body's going to reject that. But if you're looking at the holistic compounds in lavender, they're very, very good for you, all right? You want to get a high-quality lavender essential oil or an essential oil blend. Um, most, uh, you can get them at most good healthy stores or good food stores, all right? So, what do they do? They aid in anxiety relief. They lower heart rate, so if your heart is pounding, lavender will lower your heart rate. It improves your mood, improves sleep quality, it helps regulate your breathing, and it lowers levels of adrenaline. What is adrenaline? Adrenaline, adrenaline is a compound that your body makes when you stay in sympathetic dominance, when you're in fight or flight mode, okay? You're just, you're just on edge all the time. You're on edge. You're on edge. you got to run. you got to do this. you got to, somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody, if this doesn't get done, it's going to be a catastrophe. That's what adrenaline will do for you. In short amount of time, you know, if a bee's chasing me, I need that adrenaline to get out of the way, okay? But in my regular everyday life, I don't really run into bees, all right? Lavender helps control anxiety through the parasympathetic nervous system, which regulates hormones, breathing rhythms, and heart rate. A 2013 study entitled Lavender and the Nervous System showed that lavender was superior to a placebo in 221 patients suffering from anxiety disorder. All right, so that's important. Uh, the next one we want to talk about is chamomile. Now, chamomile can come in a tea. Chamomile can come in a tincture. Chamomile can come in an essential oil. Chamomile's been around a long, long time. We use chamomile. Um, it's a sedative, okay? It helps relax things. If someone has Barrett's esophagus, not that I can tell you that. You go to the doctor. The doctor says you've got Barrett's esophagus. Chamomile is something that we use internally, to calm those tissues down and to relax all that so the other herbs can go in and heal that. So I don't know if anybody needs to hear that, but that's what we use it for. Chamomile's impeccable pharmacologic properties have multiple therapeutic uses that have been well established through the years of traditional use and scientific research. Chamomile is an anti-inflammatory. It is an antiseptic. That's why we use it internally because it's an antiseptic, anti-inflammatory. It is digestive. It is soothing. It is healing. It is an antispasmodic, okay? So if you're having, you know, cramps and that kind of thing, it'll help with that. It is an herbal medicine for anxiety 
because it is relatively free from side effects, it's easy to obtain, and it is considered very healthy. The flowers are primarily used as tea or distilled to make chamomile essential oil. Evidence shows that chamomile helps regulate mood-influencing transmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. So your neurotransmitters in your head, right? There's a cascade of them. Melatonin is kind of at the bottom. So GABA is at the top. When you're doing chamomile, you're feeding all of those neurotransmitters. So that's why it's really, really good for anxiety disorders, all right? Um, you can even, and I did not know this until I did this research, if you have achy joints or achy muscles, achy neck, whatever, you can make chamomile tea, drink the tea, but take the tea bag, right? The wet tea bag, put it where it hurts, and I think it said okay, within 20 minutes, your pain should be gone, which is like, Fabulous, because who doesn't get that crick in the neck sometimes? Who doesn't have an owie when they bump themselves and that kind of thing? We all do that, right? We all have those kind of things. The final thing I want to talk to you about is ashwagandha. Now, I did not, I know ashwagandha. We have ashwagandha here in the clinic. I did not know that the translation of ashwagandha was, it smells like a horse. Okay. I did not know that was the translation, but it's okay. Um, ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb. What does that mean? That means it is a thinking herb. It knows where to go. It knows what to do. It knows how to interact with other things that you're ingesting. And so it is really, really good. They use it a lot in Ayurvedic medicine, which is India, the country. Okay. Ayurvedic medicine comes from there and they use it over there. The Cleveland Clinic right here in the United States describes adaptogens as plants and mushrooms that help your body respond to stress, anxiety, and fatigue. They can be added to foods and beverages or can be made into a tincture. They bring the body into steady balance by managing both physical and mental stress. All right, ashwagandha is one of the best adaptogenic herbs herbs that we have. A highly researched botanical, ashwagandha contains 140 specialized compounds that make up its biological properties and active phytochemicals. Okay? Ongoing studies and research reviews continue to validate its use. Uh, the botanical is known to have anti-stress properties and it is proven effective in mitigating the effects that stress has on the neurodegenerative disorders, including Alzheimer's disease, Huntington's disease, and Parkinson's disease, right? So that's really, really good information because we're all getting older, right? We don't want to have those uh, neurological degenerating diseases. And so if we just add ashwagandha to our uh, herbs, supplements, teas, whatever, then we're going to have a neuroprotective effect. That is huge. That is absolutely huge. So anxiety disorder is the most common mental health issue worldwide. We want to help you. We are in the anxiety season because it's the holidays. I love the holidays and I try not to let it get too chaotic, right? Because I'm mindful. I understand these things. However, there are situations without your control. 
without your control, outside of your control. And so you might want to look at ashwagandha, you might want to look at lavender, you might want to look at chamomile from a good source. Don't just get the cheap, cheap thing that you can get at the big box store. You want to get the ones that have the right vibrational frequencies because we are a bioenergetic uh, entity and everything that we put in is either going to heighten, uh, enhance what we have or it's going to depress and degrade what we have. And so that's what the sugar, the um, processed uh, vegetable oils, the uh, sugar substitutes and all that, that's what they do. They degrade and degenerate our bioenergetic frequencies. So that's a lot. That was a lot today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for um, sharing, liking, commenting. If you need help with a vision board, then uh, reach out to me and I can put you in touch with my friend Dee. Uh, she'll be able to uh, work with that. Uh, if you are a newly divorced or about to be divorced, or maybe you're old divorced, and you've, you're suffering with that, that's, a, that's an issue, then I've got a colleague that is doing a free divorce retreat that's going to help you with some of your issues. So I've got all those uh, contacts. I'll put them in the comments and then you're going to be able to get the help that you need in this holiday season. I am here for you. I love you and I will see you next week. Take care.